So let's turn to the world of medicine because it's a white coat Wednesday and we're joined by our medical correspondent, Dr. Mitch Shulman. Good morning, Dr. Mitch. Good morning to you, sir. A couple of things are in the news today that are medical stories, so I want to get your intelligence on this. Um, the first would be that apparently they're coming out with a new vaccine, and I think most of us have lost track of whether or not we should be getting a vaccine. I, you know, it's been more than a year since I had COVID, and it's been well over a year since I had a shot. Knock on wood, I'm happy to hear yeah. that you're well. Um, basically, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration in the States, has approved the latest version of the two mRNA vaccines, the Moderna and the Pfizer. Both of them more closely resemble the variants of Omicron that are circulating or were circulating in the last couple of months and should provide better protection against all the variants that we're starting to see circulating now. Um, they've been submitted to Health Canada. We, hadn't, we have not yet heard if Health Health Canada will approve them or has approved them. They've not officially approved them. I don't think it'll take too much longer, but the key thing is we're now getting close. Um, official flu season, official whatever season starts soon. And so you want to have your vaccine for the COVID virus, the SARS-CoV-2 virus, available around the same time so you can kill two birds with one stone, vaccinate people for both at the same time. Uh, the current recommendation is that if you've not had the disease within six the last six months or not been vaccinated in the last six months, and especially if you fall into a high-risk group, which includes pregnant women, for example, uh, that you strongly consider being vaccinated, boosted, uh, when the new vaccine becomes available. Okay. What has been your experience as a public health official in terms of vaccine hesitancy? Because I find that, you know, you don't have to be an anti-vaxxer. A lot of people are wary about the booster. They're just wary about life in general. They're, yeah. they're fatigued and, and um, um, confused and they've had enough and it's been around for a while and they haven't been boosted or really heard about the disease for the last four or five months. So it's really, you know, out of sight, out of mind. So there's going to need to be a drastic attempt uh, a, a proper attempt, a multi-pronged attempt to remind people about exactly what's going on and why they should be vaccinated. Now, I will say it is unlikely that we will aim our vaccination campaigns against or for the benefit of the relatively healthy. So the young uh, people who are relatively healthy have no underlying medical issues. We probably won't uh, focus as much on them knowing that they will be resistant, but mainly on the target groups, the at-risk groups. And I'm sure that a lot of people who would not normally be targeted, uh, myself, for example, will be vaccinated just because we don't want to get people we're in contact with sick. So if you have an elderly grand, a parent or grandparent, or if you have kids at home, or if you're thinking of becoming pregnant or are pregnant, you'll want to get vaccinated and you'll want to make sure that you're keeping your eyes and ears open for when it's available in your community. The rest of the gang, I'm hoping they will be vaccinated, but I'm not, uh, not going to worry about it as we have in the past because we know where that battle will take us, and sometimes it's just not worth the amount of effort. Okay, so the other medical story that's in the headlines this morning is about a nasal decongestion um, <laughs> that has been found by the FDA in the United States not to actually work. And I thought, I need a scientist to look after this story because I got lost in all of the, you know, the actual chemical descriptions of what we're talking about. 
So there are two adrenaline-like medicines that people can take if their nose is all congested that work by constricting the blood vessels so they're not as swollen in your nose and so you're not as drippy and as, and as blocked. One's called pseudoephedrine, the other's called phenylephrine. As you can see by the end detail of these, the names reflect the fact that they both resemble adrenaline, epinephrine, very closely, which is a natural substance made by your body. Phenylephrine works beautifully as a nasal spray, and there are many products available in Canada over the counter with it as a nasal spray, where when you go up your nose, and lo and behold, in a few minutes, you can breathe. Really, really good. You don't want to use it too often because you get rebound after a couple of uh, days, but for a day or two, especially at night to help you sleep, great drug. The problem is orally, if you take it as a pill, we were never really sure that it worked. It was safe for most people. It could raise your blood pressure. Um, but for most people, it was safe. Well, the FDA has now come up with a review of all the literature. It says, you know what? It may be basically safe, but it's useless as a pill. Why? If you pop it as a pill, rather than spraying it up your nose right where it's needed, it has to go into your gut, gets digested. By the time it gets into your circulation, there's hardly anything there to get to your nose to make a difference. Now, you see a lot of phenylephrine used in the States because the other drug that's used for a blocked nose, pseudoephedrine, notice the difference, almost like ephedrine, almost like adrenaline, um, isn't available over the counter in the States because they're afraid you may make it into an amphetamine-like substance. So you have to ask the pharmacist for it, so a lot less products are available with it, easily available in the States opposite here in Canada. Generally available over the counter, you don't need a prescription, you don't need a, um, a note from your pharmacist or permission from your pharmacist or ask your pharmacist to get it. And medications that contain pseudoephedrine, fake adrenaline if you want, pseudo, um, do seem to work, do seem to decongest, do seem to work if you take them as a pill. So that's where the confusion comes, that's the difference between us and Canada. If you need a nasal spray, go for it. Just don't use it too often. If you need the pill, talk to your pharmacist to make sure it's the right medication for you, but it does work as pseudoephedrine as a pill. All right. There's a lot of data to digest. Um, <laughs> yep. I, I saw this news story yesterday and I needed to know more. It's about a teenager who died after eating, a, after spicy eating a spicy chip. Yeah, this is very scary. Now, capsaicin, which is the name of the substance that gives things their punch. Um, they've bred uh, hot peppers to give you just incredible amounts of capsaicin. And we do know that taken in large quantities can cause blood vessels to go into spasm. So we don't know if that's what killed this kid. But they've pulled the product from the market, thank goodness. Um, and the thinking is perhaps we'll have to wait for the autopsy, unfortunately, that the amount was so great that it caused blood vessels to go into spasm, either triggering a heart attack or a stroke, which killed this kid. Now, we don't know that for sure, but we do know that the amounts of capsaicin in these chips, the single chip in this challenge, was way too high to be reasonable. And so they've pulled the product. All right. Good right. to know. Thank you, sir. Good to have you this morning. Always a pleasure. Have a great day. White Coat Wednesday, our medical correspondent, Dr. Mitch Shulman. And as mentioned, a couple of those stories were things that were in the news today that we wanted to know more about. And I get it. Nobody likes talking about COVID, but it's kind of, it's just this dull roar in the background at all times now, isn't it? 